Welcome to Neighbor to Neighbor, a podcast focused on highlighting extraordinary individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ, a not-for-profit cooperative credit union based in Bellingham, Washington. Downtown Bellingham has seen a renaissance over the last decade. Today, it's more vibrant and full of life than ever before. From the wonderful businesses that continue to sprout up left and right, to the exciting community events and colorful street art, there are a lot of good things happening downtown. The organization that is at the center of it all is the Downtown Bellingham Partnership. My name is Keith Mater, and on this episode, I speak with Marissa McGrath, the Assistant Director for the Downtown Bellingham Partnership. Well, Marissa, thank you for taking the time to join me today. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for having me. So I always start off with this question. Let's just, right off the bat, who is the Downtown Bellingham Partnership? So the Downtown Bellingham Partnership is the organization that is championing um, for the uh, commerce, culture, and celebration of Downtown Bellingham. And my elevator speech, that's sort of our mission, um, but my, uh, my elevator speech about it is that um, we really leverage community resources and relationships to renew excitement for downtown Bellingham. Because we've been known for a long time as a city of subdued excitement, which is fine, and we love that as a, as a way of talking about Bellingham as a whole. We think it kind of fits and is fun. But we, could, we see Bellingham's city center, the downtown, is really the heart of where a lot of the excitement is living and can be kind of fostered and renewed. Yeah. Well, I... You know, I know right on the your homepage of your website, it says City of Renewed Excitement. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously, it used to be City of Subdued Excitement. I want to go into that. <laughs> what What's kind of the history, the, you know, kind of the, the, the need for what you guys are doing? Like, where did that come from? Yeah. What, what's it look like in the past so, downtown Bellingham? The City of Subdued Excitement. Is actually the city's official motto, and yep. it's an important distinction that the Downtown Bellingham Partnership is a nonprofit, and we work closely with the city, um, but we're very separate. So our kind of sort of joke play on that is to talk about being the city of renewed excitement. So the subdued excitement came from um, a local artist um, who made that as sort of a joke, and people loved it so much. So I think that I think what it's re- referencing, and I know. I'm from Illinois and moved here about 11 years ago. So for me, I noticed this kind of um, feeling of like nothing ever changes in Bellingham or else. <laughs> like this kind of feeling of, of um, being a little bit, at, on one hand, people like that, we're sort of, that we were kind of perceived at the time that I moved here, at least as like a sleepy town, small sleepy town, an old industrial town um, with maritime heritage and just kind of um, tucked away and not, you know, right off, not right on the beaten path for a lot of people, but that um, there was a sense that nothing was ever going to change, but also that people didn't really want much to change. When change did occur, it kind of stressed a lot of people out. And um, we know at the, um, at the downtown building partnership from working with organizations like our own from all over the country. Um, that your city centers really are where kind of excitement can be kind of sparked and initiated, um, ignited even, and um, and it can and when a, a downtown is healthy and vital, and the people that live there um, see it as a place they can go to for um, 
you know, not just like fun and happiness, but also like well-being and um, health, that when that happens, it kind of, it's a catalyst and moves outward. It's, it's the heart that, with the arteries that feed the rest of the community. So as much as the City of Subdued Excitement feels like it fits um, or fit, fitted about a decade ago, fit about a decade ago, it feels a little bit um, like some, like, like a badge that I don't know that everyone everyone is comfortable carrying forever. It doesn't mean that that should be who we are in 100 years or 50 years or even 20 years. So I think um, for us, uh, there's a lot of things that we do as um, our board, our volunteers, and the businesses and residents that we work with downtown to try to change that image of downtown. Um, not entirely. We're still unique and quirky, and it's still a fun motto, but our own image of of what downtown is um, should be an exciting place and one where we do see a lot of possibility for excitement not subdued renewed (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a long-winded answer to your question no no that works i mean i think um and how long has the downtown bellingham partnership been around we will be celebrating our 20th anniversary next year we've been around since the year 2000 Oh. So we were originally the um, Downtown Renaissance Network. A lot of people knew us as at that. Oh. Um, we started Downtown Sounds about, um, it was like 15 years ago this year. Um, and we also took on Art Walk, which actually started in 1982 when we started in the year 2000. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's been around for a while. And it's in much smaller kind of behind the scenes sort of ways. A lot of these like small community events we've been putting on Trick or Treat, um, and the Christmas tree lighting for as long as um, anyone can really remember since the um, um, organization existed. We've done all kinds of, you know, uh, different community events like Ladies Night Out. We're do, we do Wine Walk every year, twice a year now. And so it's been around for a little while. We've done a lot of, um, and, it's, and it's kind of gone through different evolutions. It was a membership organization, and now it's very much focused on representing all of downtown and not having this sort of like pay-for-play um, situation with businesses. We don't want brand new startup businesses that really need our support to feel like they'd have to pony up to be able to get the services that we offer or benefit from our events or whatever. It's interesting, um, having grown up in Whatcom County, and, you know, I grew up in Ferndale, and so coming into Bellingham was a weekly occurrence, if not multiple times a week, for just various things and going downtown for various reasons, and I feel like it's over the last, like, decade Mm -hmm. that you just see so much more energy to downtown, Yeah, and I know that, I mean, I would say... A good part of that is all the exciting events that are happening, um, but then you're also seeing a lot of new and fun and exciting businesses, and I feel like you guys are a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, am, is my perception off that this is kind of a newer kind of um, vibe, a new excitement that's that's been happening? Well, one thing that I have to say is that you know I think you must have been here for this the season of or for the years of the pit in downtown. Do you remember the the what is where Starbucks is now on the corner of Holly and Railroad Street? For a long time, there was um, a literal pit in the ground, and it was in the late '90s. It's before my time, so it's hard for me to speak to it um, directly, but. 
there was a time period after the mall opened um, where uh, there was a lot of drain, a lot of economic drain from downtown. A lot of, you know, our JCPenney was no longer down, downtown. Bon Marche was no longer downtown. Um, and so there, that, that happened at communities all over the country, smaller than ours, bigger than ours. Um, and so what we saw was a real effort to try to maintain, <laughs> to just keep it from crumbling into the bay. Um, for And really when the, the Renaissance Network was formed, it was formed by business owners and property owners who really just felt like there needed to be an advocacy organization for, for the neighborhood. Um, so it started out with advocacy, with you know cute, family-friendly, like come on downtown type events. And then now it's evolved more partially through um, a lot of vision from city and city planning and city officials who really, um, over the last few mayors that we've had, they've both been really dedicated to um, focusing on making the downtown something that is safer, that's planned better, that's um, that the organizations um, that function there are better funded. Um, so that's been extremely helpful for us, and we've, we're very lucky to have that relationship with the city and the government and city planning. Um, but in the last uh, 10 years, I think a few different things have happened. I think as you, when, you know, for example, we have Downtown Sounds, which, you know, because we who is a very generous sponsor of Downtown Sounds. And so um, we have noticed things like, when people are looking to open their bar and restaurant, they want to. Op- they are looking and, and talking about wanting to open it near where downtown sounds happens because they want that that excitement and that um, volume that they get in the neighborhood um, closer uh, to that to in the summertime from that event. Um, and we also have a. We were able about a year and a half ago to hire down to hire Bellingham's first retail recruiter. And so um, her name is Jennifer Walters, and what she does is she goes out, she, she supports, she's a retail advocate, so she, and part of what she jobs, does is recruitment. So she advocates for local retailers. She helps um, people that are interested in opening a business or have just opened a new business, supports them through various means, um, helping people find funding, helping people find um, uh the physical locations where they want to open up that's the right thing for them um, and really advocating for them for you know um, through different avenues is she, she also is she a part of downtown billion partnership yeah she's one oh, of my co-workers that's she's cool. amazing yeah and she goes to other um, she goes to other small cities similar to ours and and tries to recruit people that are re- ready to open a second location oh wow re-locate. yeah that's cool. and so she's been working for about a year and a half and she's been able to support a lot of new businesses opening finding the right fit for a place to be she's not she's not a broker she works more directly with um, property owners and she really advocates for property owners to find the right fit for the right location so that we're ending up um, we're ending up with, you know, maybe this little, this area, this one block is going to have a lot of restaurants and this other block is going to have a lot of retail. And or we're going to find ways to sort of intersperse the two in places that make sense. She has a retail focus area that's mostly Holly Street and the and the block of Bay Street that um, between Holly and Magnolia that the Pickford is on, um, where she's really very focused on making sure that those um, if the, when there are vacancies that that those are really highlighted because that's our main artery of downtown, um, using the heart metaphor again. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and when it's thriving really well and, it, and, it, um, and it's you know, really beautiful, um, we 
notice that the rest of downtown just sort of gets lifted up with it. So she's really focused on that. And um, so the thing that I've learned, even because I've only been at the partnership for four years now, is, you know, you go to these communities all over the country and you sort of think, oh, well, they've really got this figured out. Like this really cute town, this really clean, nice community with like really great um you know, really great retail that really makes sense together. They really got figured out. And I never really realized how how much actually goes into that behind the scenes and what all um, what all is done and how much collaboration has to happen. And that in, in most of those communities um, that are being really successful, you do have teams like ours at the partnership. We're a staff of, um, of seven who are have different jobs that are focused on just trying to lift up and support the neighborhood in different ways and figure out new ways to bring commerce and culture and celebration. My goodness. Well, you're covering a lot of ground <laughs> and but I think it's cool because, you know, you're hitting on all these different types of things that you guys are doing. You're like, we're trying to, you know, lift up new businesses. We're trying to lift up and kind of foster the right kind of mix that we think will be successful and, you know, attract people to downtown. We're doing all these different events. So it's cool that you kind of hit on a lot of those different areas, um, million different directions I could go. I think, you know, that naturally leads us into, you know, something that I wanted to talk about as you talk about some of these cities that have really planned things out is the idea of place making. And I know that's kind of a little bit of what you've kind of hit on, but that's a bigger subject. So why don't we go into that? Yeah. So, um, place making is something that we're seeing all over the community and it's, um, you know, it really represents, um, when there's this intentional effort to take a space or an area um, and use local resources, local talent, local ideas um, to make it feel like it belongs and it's an intentional space, especially when that place is working on um, or you know is, is encouraging happiness, creativity, well-being, health. So for us, when we've been looking um, at ways in which, you know, when we look at the things that people are most concerned about when they talk about downtown, um, people really want a more walkable, bikeable place. Um, they really want a safer feeling place. Um, this is true of cities all, this is not unique to Bellingham. It's true of cities all over the country, all over the world, that this is, these are issues that people are always talking about. And so we took a look at our alleys because we have a lot and pretty wide, broad alleys um, through downtown, and a lot of them are used as thoroughfares for people that walk, but not everybody finds them comfortable to walk through. Um, but they, but alleys where there is really good lighting, it's clean, there's art, people tend to use them more, um, and it encourages walkability and bikeability, um, scooterability, if that's what you want to do. So we, um, in 2018, really made it one of our core goals was to start really assessing and looking at our alleys and seeing what we could do and we accomplished some cool things so we started with the um we call it the commercial street plaza it's right next to the parking garage um, on commercial street if you have little kids it's right by the train museum if you're more of a nightlife person it's right across the street from ishka (laughs) and so and for the podcast we'll um We'll have these. We'll have photos of these things oh, on the on wiki.com. Okay, that's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so Commercial Street Plaza um, was a very gray, very kind of like brutalist um, cement area, public space that really wasn't getting a lot of attention or love. And um, 
in 2018, we had been doing the night market out of that location for a couple of years. And we wanted to do a few things to support that, but just also support it being a public space throughout the year. So we, we raised money to get put, to hang Edison bulbs that got, run the full length of the plaza and then eventually through the alley all the way down behind the commercial street parking garage where we know people walk out, um, exit the parking garage a lot through that back alley. These Edison bulbs go all the way down to Holly Street. So it's a better, it's better lit, but it's also lit in a way that feels like cafe lighting as opposed to really bright like block lighting. Um, we got um, we were able, there's pillars in the back of the commercial street parking garage that we had painted, um, and it's what's called an anamorphic mural. So this was actually from, yeah, this was really cool. This was actually from um, funding from um, a city, the city government. Um, and so there was, it, it, if you look at it, it has a palindrome on it that says never odd or even. Um, so it reads the f- same way front ways as back ways <laughs> and it's a really beautiful really colorful mural on the columns in the alley um we also recently did full a full painting job of the commercial um street plaza and uh, last year we um faith life actually funded us getting cafe tables that were put in there we started we tried a couple pilot programs we've had a had a market in there that was um run by Brazen, which is a shop that functions out, that that operates out of the alley that's right there, um, and they did a, a really great little um, market for one day. We also had a coffee cart that came a few times in the summertime, and we'd really like to play with that more and have more food vending and coffee vending in the in the summer months coming up this year. So that that started that project sort of started and moved from 2018 to 2019, and then we've just recently received a small and simple grant from the city to fund another mural and had a big, it was actually really encouraging. We had a juried panel um, selection process and we did a call for artists to, it's the um, wall, there's a big brown wall right now and it's next to the new Endgame bar that has is right next to Venustrology um, on Holly Street right where that same alley ends up. And it's a big brown wall with some graffiti on it right now. And so we worked with business owners. This is the thing that's sometimes hard is you really do have to work with like the business owner and the property owner and everyone has to be on board. Um, and everyone has to return your calls, which doesn't always happen. So we worked with them and we identified um, quite a few artists. I would say, I think it was over 30 applied with, um, with renderings, uh, with rendered drawings of um, what they wanted of proposals. We selected a piece of art that we're really excited to, to have to do install in 2019 in the spring um, that highlights some of the iconic buildings for downtown. So the Herald Building is on there. And so cool. Yay. That's so awesome. <laughs> and the um, old city hall, the iconic old red brick city hall, and the Lightcatcher Building, which mm-hmm. I'm excited about, was included. That's the art museum that we have downtown. And it's actually a really beautiful piece of architecture. And I thought it was great. The local artists are two women who, um, who won the award and are going to be able to install next year. Um, I was really excited that they they chose to include the Lightcatcher building because I think it's um, not it's not historic, but it's iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was neat to see that highlighted. So um, we really wanted something that was something that people wanted to. It says it says downtown Bellingham on it. People take their can take their picture in front of it. It's this shareable thing. It really sets you in your place, like that concept of placemaking. It's cool. taking this alley that has garbage cans in it. And a brown wall with 
with graffiti scrawled on it, and we're going to make it something that people go, hey, we have to go by that mural. You really have to see that mural. And Very Instagrammable. Yes, exactly. Yes. And we want to, we want that space to be um, really walkable. We have plans in 2019 to pursue what we're calling the Arts Alley, which is um, in between. It's right behind the Mount Baker Apartments and and Saltine. It goes from basically one end of it you can you can see the pickford the other end of it you can see um, makeshift art space so um, we're really excited to focus on that in 2020 and get um, the whole thing we just really want the whole thing to be painted and vibrant and beautiful and we want to see how many community partnerships we can build from that that art because it's right in the middle of the arts district Mm -hmm. that want to participate so we're right now really focusing on um lighting and murals but there's all kinds of other possibilities and cool things we've seen in other communities we're starting to get and are very much encourage more interest from local construction companies that are offering their help to think about new things they could do that we could do um, an example of something we've seen in other communities that was really neat was um, called the hoopla which is literally just um, an alley where they've put uh, basketball hoops up you have to have the right kind of tenant because <laughs> you're going to have bouncing basketballs um, but there's ways that we could do more uh, interactive not just visual art um, in these spaces we very much are encouraging businesses to um, to share their um, sanitary services so there's not so many garbage a bunch like you know a full city blocks worth of garbage cans or could they're really for, in some of these instances could be like four dumpsters for the entire um, block and so that we can have more opportunities for people to do stuff like have their have a little tiny outdoor seating space at your and little cafe space in the alley and um, and yeah we've been really fortunate we've heard from construction companies um, in town that want to help support that like that other idea so the next thing we're really hoping to do is find the people who can come up with Bellingham's hoopla whatever that is and um, and find a way for us to do something that's a little bit more three-dimensional, dynamic, um, and the possibilities are really wide open. It's all so cool. It's like taking this thing that's like business, business here, business here, business here, streets, and da da da, and it's kind of all like melding it all together in like art and uniqueness and something that's just kind of like uniquely here. Yeah. Um, were you guys involved in that? whale mural by penny lane we weren't but we're so excited about that so that's the other thing that's really cool is that we're seeing more of this happening so penny lane did the did the whale mural gretchen Leggett and sean pagels are both amazing um and incredible muralists who are getting work from from private businesses and um and property owners all over downtown which is fantastic um and some public contracts as well so we're so we're not. The, we're by far not the only ones do, doing this, but it's been really exciting to see that. Um, I don't know if you saw the Horseshoe did an homage to their old um, mascot, Rowdy Buckaroo, oh. the, the cowboy that is <laughs> who was a real person. Okay. Who was like paid to dress up as a cowboy and walk around downtown oh, and, really? and greet with people. Yeah, in the um, I think it was seventies and eighties, and so they immortalized him in a mural on the side of their building. Um, and then the other side, on the side that um, the JJ's Corner Store is, Gretchen Legit recently painted um, another mural. So it's it's exciting because I think that this kind of momentum builds up when you have mm. interest in something like this, and someone goes, 
and and we have tools so we're able to to connect people when they have questions with who like who should I talk to about this or who would be interested in doing this or how do I even get started I we've literally had questions from from business owners and you know can I just do this you know yeah <laughs> you should talk to your landlord first but yeah. yeah or and and also from property owners can I just paint a mural if I want to yeah, you totally can. It's, it's almost your like building. They, it like expands their minds. They're like, this right. is an option to make things more awesome. Yes, exactly. Nice. Yeah. And I think um, there's something called SEPTED, which is crime pre- pre- prevention through environmental design. And it's um, it's something that's spoken a lot about at city government and planning departments and at the um, the police departments, for example. And um, a lot of that is like lighting, but a lot of it is just making it welcoming. It's like another, we've been doing placemaking for years because we've been doing the landscaping for downtown, the flower baskets that are downtown. Um, and like, and making sure that the trees and the flower beds are healthy. Um, that's a big determinant for people of feeling like they're in a place Mm. as opposed to an area mm. or a you know a, a, tr- a place they're just transiting through. They're in an actual location that they can stop and spend some time in and feel comfortable. And so um, the more that that happens, the more people, the more economic activity you see. And, um, and just like the more culture, like when we, you know, um, art like music, like for Downtown Sounds, is, is its own way of making place, of, of making place. It's a... Um, you know, it's a way for people from all walks of life to get together and just have a fun reason to be in the same place together. And that's, you know, so it's a fun, it's a really fun thing to get to be a part of. And it's, you're right, it has been really exciting to see what, how the community has come out and, um, the, you know, the downtown neighbors have come out and, and said, you know, sort of yes and did our, our efforts towards murals and, and getting to, to um, and, and been really excited to add to that and grow it. And now when I see business owners and property owners, they're telling me about their next project that they're going to do in their alley or their next project they're going to do on their building to make it look better and more inviting and more welcoming and the artists that they're working for it with. And that's so cool. As opposed to you guys being like, hey, guys, let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah, we like being able to do some of the projects, but it's such a big neighborhood. We can't do it all on our own. And it's exciting to be able to be a catalyst for it. Um, or to be inspiration for it, or to help people find the resources they need to be able to make it happen. But we, we of course, want everyone to, everyone kind of has to participate Mm -hmm. in order for for excitement to get renewed (laughs) as a callback there. Hey, it's Keith here. And in a moment, I'll get back to my conversation with Marissa McGrath, the Assistant Director of the Downtown Bellingham Partnership. But first, I wanted to let you know about a new video series we keep started a couple months back. Every Friday, we post a new episode of the Friday Financial Minute with Reed. Reed is WeQ's Director of Community Impact, and he's been teaching financial education for years. These one-minute videos cover many topics, including saving, budgeting, building credit, and many more. Subscribe today and improve your financial life one minute at a time. Back to the conversation. So I want to move into uh, you know a couple other things that you guys are doing. Placemaking is amazing, and um, it's just so exciting just to hear that that people are getting on board with that. Um, going back a little bit, one thing you said is when there's a new business that comes to town, you know downtown, you guys want to support them. What does that look like? Yeah, um, great. So it looks different 
for everyone. Um, first of all, some people show up with open hearts and open minds and nervous stomachs and <laughs> when they're opening a small business and they want a lot of information and a lot of help. Um, some people uh, have opened businesses before, feel like they got it, um, are more independently minded. So we, for some people, we really, you know, we, we for everyone, we send out a um, a business, uh, we send out a postcard that sends them to, um, directs them to an online business resource guide that we have on our website. Um, and it has information about, you know, the city permitting center to marketing resources to the small business development center. Boom. So that if somebody really doesn't even know where to begin, um, they can go to all those locations. By the time though, someone has received a, um, a postcard from us, they would have already applied for a business license, which is public information, how we figure out that that, that has happened. Um, so we also, uh, again, with our um, retail um, advocate, Jennifer, she does a lot of work to make those connections ahead of time, and a lot of us do too. So what, what ends up happening is we end up getting networking from, we, we end up getting outreach from a lot of downtown businesses who have who know people or are aware that there are people looking or wanting to start a business and we provide them with this this the support of connecting them to the resources that they need i think the online resource guide which is less than a year old has been extremely helpful for people because there is so much to navigate when you're trying to open your own business i originally had a small business in downtown i had a retail store for three years and um i am here to tell you that it isn't easy um, making sure that you get your permits figured out, making sure that you've got your accounting on lock and all of that, making sure that you have your bank, the right bank to work with, um, and you know everything from being able to get a loan to being able to find the right contractor. There's so much that's overwhelming. We um, are we are very lucky to live in a community that has the organization um, Sustainable Connections, which is another really great kind of partner organization with us. They're a really great resource for. Um, when it comes to finding your contractors and those sorts of, um, and the, the people that you are going to work with directly, we're more about, um, in our business resource guide, helping people get access to the information that they need and, um, and especially navigating how city government works, um, how, how they can interface with organizations like planning and public works. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, I know that you guys also, kind of pull businesses in to your various events that are kind of more like um, like your wine walk. I mean, that's a good way that some businesses yeah. I know um, get pulled into yeah. getting some exposure. Mm-hmm. So um, retail for retail in a small, as a small business is a hard job. It's, it, it's, it's in the climate that we are operating in, the economic climate we're operating in, having a, having a nice, beautiful boutique that has a, has a great experiential vibe when you walk through the door that feels amazing and uh, being able to earn an income off of having a small retail shop is very difficult. Bars and restaurants, it's a little bit easier. I need to eat every single day um, and some people enjoy drinking <laughs> pretty often. Um, so when the difference there though, is I might need a new dress a couple times a year, um, or, you know, 
or like that special new necklace, you know, once a year. So retail really needs a lot of support. And a lot of our events are around, are focused around, and, and a lot of our effort is focused around supporting retail. We actually have a retail, retail committee of our organization um, where we get together and come up with ideas for promotional um, pro, for promotional ideas, things like working on for Small Business Saturday that happens every year um, uh, during the holiday season. We also have the Wine Walk, which is really fun, which is a way for um, people to go around and meet regional wineries. Um, from all over Washington State, really the Pacific Northwest, and um, and kind of just like casually get to experience stores. In a lot of cases, there's a lot of places that um, you may have never gone into, and you just kind of need that. You just need to break the seal the one time. You just need to get in th- through the door the one time, and then it becomes your favorite shop. How does the wine walk work? Oh, so the wine walk is um, great. You get a little taster cup, and you get a map, and you get um, tasting tickets. There's 21 vi- venues. We don't give you 21 tasting tickets because it would be highly illegal. Um, and you go, um, you go, you get to kind of choose your own adventure. Go check out different shops. When you get in, there's a winery set up there, and you can meet. You can meet the, in some cases, the literal vintner, the person who made your wine, and hear them talk about their their wines. We do. Um, you know, there's reds, whites, and rosés. Um, and sometimes sparkling wines, and you just get to kind of taste wine, shop around a little bit, or just look around. This one that's coming up is um, our holiday wine walk, which is November 8th. And that's a really cool opportunity to get like reacquainted with what shopping in a cute, well-appointed little downtown is like, as you know, I get palpitations when I have to do holiday shopping at the mall. so. It's a really great opportunity for people to kind of be reminded that we live in what my friend who was visiting from Chicago called one time like a hipster Mayberry. (laughs) So our downtown is cute. It's full of people from the creative class that are doing really amazing things that are selling their own wares. And it's a really cool opportunity um, to, with your friends or, you know, you know, your mom, um, (laughs) go and try out these stores again or for the first time and, and do maybe a little bit of holiday pre-shopping or, you know, bring your shopping list in and check on that. And it's really helpful for the, um, the shops. They get to put themselves out there. I mean, 600 people come to our holiday wine walk and um, they get to have, you know, a third probably of those people come through their door over the course of the evening. And, um, and it's a really great exposure opportunity for them. There's a little, there's always a little bit of loss because there's always one really big glass of red wine that's accidentally spilled on mm. some cashmere sweater, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhere in downtown. But it's a really great opportunity for um, for people to come together and see like see the fun that just being in a small little community like ours can be. I did the uh, wine walk for the first time few months back I don't in even the know. spring in the spring yeah, yeah in yeah. may yeah um and it was really interesting because i was like oh this there's a business back here or this mm-hmm. business exists and you walk in the door you're like oh i would have never guessed that this is inside here yeah there's a lot of tucked away little spaces which i think is kind of one of the magic magical parts of downtown i think it's a win-win because it's like you know you're you know you're not feeling like you're required to go shopping or to go try out that salon or to go blah 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 you're like okay i'm gonna get this wine but then you feel like oh you know i can see where this might fit in my life so it's great for you know the people who are on the wine walk but it's also great for the businesses because Absolutely. the businesses are like you know there's all these new people that know about me now 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a very popular event and I'm, and we're really proud of it. Um, it's also a night where we see a lot of like, it's, we see a lot of women out in force in a big way downtown and we used to do a ladies night. Um, but I feel like this is sort of, you know, this is, you could be a person who's a big wine, who really appreciates wines, really wants to support local vintners and, um, and really enjoy that event, or you can be a total novice, and because you get to ask all the questions you want to ask of the of the winery too, um, so it's yeah, it's a, it's a, like a beloved event for us for sure. So that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have the Halloween trick or treat downtown, yes. and it's kind of just going. How many businesses are involved in that? Oh man, I think last year we had. Over two, we definitely had over two hundred businesses that participated. In, oh wow! Yeah, it's it, people that we don't interface with much throughout the year. They love participating in trick or treat. It's a really good opportunity. I mean, literally, you if you've got an employee or a volunteer that wants to stand at your front door and hand out candy, it's just the cost of candy mm-hmm. to participate. And so, um, and it's just a really darling event. Um, we end up all with all the cute kids, all the cute kids, and like the family. I love the family costumes. When people come all together as all the Avengers or something, and um, <laughs> there was a really good um, cowardly lion baby and um, and Dorothy little girl, and then Dad t- Scarecrow and Mom Tin Man that happened a couple of years ago that That's I really so loved. Cute. Yeah, and um, Dinger the Bellingham hamster yeah. from or Bellingham Bell's hamster comes out and gives candy out with us every year. And we're actually going to be in the commercial street plaza this year. Um, and we just have a really good time. And, um, we also end up getting some pets that come around for that too, which mm-hmm. is really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a black cat in a Superman costume a couple of years ago that oh. I was really excited nice. on a leash. So, oh my goodness. So it's very Bellingham. Yes. The, the event is still very all much like... All different kind of stuff. All different know. kinds of stuff. It's always really unique and it's cool to see what people come out with. I feel like it's very telling that Bellingham, between that and the um, procession of the species, the the um, where people dress up and, and have the parade where they're dressed as animals... And it's mostly little kids. What's that for? Oh, it's just a thing that happens in every They just dress up as animals? Yeah, it's called the Procession of the Species, and I wish I could speak more to it, but it's a community event. We don't put it on, but it's um, it's literally a parade of people of all ages dressed up as animals and, and people who have umbrellas that are made to look like jellyfish, and there's a man who has a bike that has a giant, that's used, I think he's used black plastic garbage bags to make a giant raven that the wings bit, beat when he when he pedals oh, the bike. that's and cool. It's so cool. There's a giant owl costume that comes out every year, um, and so the fact that we as a community have come up with multiple excuses to dress up in costumes and parade <laughs> ourselves downtown... Yeah. Um, really, I think speaks to uh, the heart of. <laughs> We're fun of, um, here. We're fun here. That's what I'm always trying to say. I feel like our our excitement is completely is not actually that subdued these days. For sure, like to your point earlier, it seems like it's gotten a lot. Um, like a, a lot of people have have accepted that as a challenge and gotten mm-hmm. <laughs> more exciting in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Cool, um, and then. Kind of the next one up after Trick or Tree and Wine Walk is Christmas tree lighting. Yeah. Oh or my gosh. I have holiday so much to tree lighting. Holiday whatever, tree lighting. Whatever we call it. Um, so the holiday tree lighting is happening this year as it always does with the mayor lighting the tree. Santa Claus is going to be there. We were able to get into his busy schedule and we're really excited to have him there. And we're going to have 
Um, this is the first year, this is a controversial topic for some, but we're very much in support of it because of a few different things. We're going to have a, 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 the city is investing in an artificial tree that can be stored throughout the year and repurposed every year. It's very high quality. Is it tall? It's very tall. Okay. It's very well lit. And we're excited. Does it smell? We can spray it with something. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I know that matters for some people, right? It does matter. But the last few years, um, we have had, you know, I grew up in a household that with allergies and we always had an artificial tree. So I have a different perspective on this. But, um, you know, there's always that one side of the tree that you put in the corner because it's, it's like, because they're not perfectly symmetrical. So the big live trees that we've been bringing down every year that oh, we've they're been perfect. cutting down, they're not. Perfect. Oh, what? No. Oh, you mean, oh, sorry. Big live trees. The big live trees that we've been bringing down have been, have had, look like they have a hunk cut out of them on one side uh. and you can't. And so it, it's, it's down at the Depot Market Square. There's actually a permanent hole, like, like a covered little, looks like a covered little manhole that's for the tree to be inserted in every year um, that water can go in. And it just, it's, it just hasn't been. Um, as beautiful as it could be, um, and so we're excited for that. And also, it's you know, it's a it's a, but for the size tree that we need, it's an older tree, and we kind of feel like we should be committing to, um, you know, LED light bulbs on a tree that we aren't killing every year um, to to do it. So we're excited. Again, controversial topic. I understand people's emotional attachment to real have, trees. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so is it gonna look like convincing? Yeah. It's it's a it's a. Um, I have only seen pictures of it, so I'm very excited to see it in real life, but it's supposed to look like, you know, a, a, a really beautiful, very well-lit Christmas tree. So that's Ooh. one aspect of what we're doing. We're doing the Christmas tree lighting, but we're expanding the event this year into a much kind of broader um, holiday festival. Oh. So there's actually going to be a small market that's happening there. Cool. There's going to be um, a bevy garden hosted by Boundary Bay Brewery. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, there's going to be food trucks, and there's going to be per- there's going to be a stage with performances from local um, dance. Um, I want to call them dance troops, but that's probably not correct. <laughs> there's going to be a stage. There's going to be a stage with local performances um, from from the dance school Harper and I, and they. Um, they have like their Nutcracker ballet dance and a couple of other um, routines that they do at Christmas Mm -hmm. time that they're going to do, which we're looking forward to. Um, And we have, we're planning on having some kind of music, whether it's going to be a band or a DJ for, to kind of like keep the fun going throughout the evening. It used to be very much the trees lit lit, and then everyone goes home and we're trying to make it a whole holiday festival for that one night. Cool. And that is December 7th. The first Saturday. Saturday Is that the same day as the Linden Lighted Christmas Parade? That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think think it was last year, and I was really sad. Oh, no, because you'd have to split your... You'd have to decide which thing to pick. Because you live in Linden, right? I do, but but WeQ also... um, we're partnering up with Woods, and we're giving out free hot cocoa at the Lighted Christmas Parade. Oh, man. Well, I don't know. I don't know, but it is definitely... You guys can it's move always, it, right? No! I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's always the first mm. Saturday in December, and you're, probably Lyndon's event is too, because it's mm. just an easy thing to remember. I'm sorry, friend. That's super sad. You, we can be your after party. Ah, uh, shucks. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. I mean, it sounds like you guys are just kind of like slowly making it better and better every year. Yeah. Just like downtown sounds better yes. and better every year. Yes. Yeah, I know. We are... 
So then we have, it feels like, I guess, sort of a break. Um, we have a few different promotions and things that go on in the, um, the sort of off season. Our really big holiday, our really big um, event season is from about April until December, through December. So we do a lot, we stop, we kind of do a lot of planning, a lot of promotional back end stuff. And then, yeah, we get, up. but most of our, our event staff here is really focused around downtown sounds, which happens um, five weeks over the summer on Wednesdays. And this year, it's all those five weeks are going to be in July. Um, and we let, you know, I've mentioned it already before, but it's, it's in our, it's, it's just, we've just wrapped up our 15th year and we've just been trying to bring up the caliber of the experience every year, better bands, bigger footprint, better um, vendors that are available there, food trucks and, you know, face painting, glitter tattoos, um, Portraits of Go-Go comes with their fo- their mobile photo booth. There's um, so much going on. There's a lot. There's a lot. The Wiki Game Zone was yeah, there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> and um, everyone was pretty excited about your free sunglasses that you gave out this year. We gave out a lot of free stuff. I feel like I'm seeing those on a lot of places. Yeah, so you've got your swag from you guys. And then we have our beer garden is now a full block. But there's also way more space that's all ages, which is great. And the mm-hmm. space right in front of the stage is always an all ages space. And you see so much dancing and fun. Um, so, yeah, we're really looking forward to continuing to grow that event. And um, and it's such a huge part of sort of the culture of downtown. We actually just learned that we won the Cascadia Weekly's Best of Bellingham for Best Music Festival Yay! for Downtown Woo-hoo! Sounds this year. Yeah, I know. Awesome. I know. And we, and we love it, too, because of partially because of all the partnerships that we have. Um by, by putting it on, we work a lot with the block itself in the neighborhood, but obviously also with sponsors. And um, we have a lot of opportunity to collaborate and do fun things like having you guys come and bring the game zone and having the giant um, Wiku Pong and the giant Jenga and just, just everything scaled up and fun. <laughs> and um, having the cornhole there and, you know, like, it's so great because it's an opportunity for different entities from from the community to come out and showcase what they do or add to the fun and it just has gotten bigger and better and I look forward to it 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 seems like magical elves make it appear because it's it kind of starts at five um and then it and then we have everything broken down by 10 p.m um but it's, it's quite a lot the production. of work. It's a lot of production. For a lot me of to work. see it this year behind the scenes, I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like we if we didn't have the Spark Museum, you know, people are like, Oh, can you just have it over here or have it over there? And it's like if we didn't have the Spark Museum who offers us a ton of room and space to store things in, in between the weeks and we didn't have Faith Life there who's got um, who lets us um, leave a big shipping container with <laughs> that we keep things stored in between the different weeks and um, if we didn't have all that infrastructure from the neighborhood right there in that place, it would be really hard. It's take you know, it's a lot of relationship building um, to get to that point. And really, everyone is um, just loves the event and is really committed to making it work. And and I re- we really get a lot of people. Um, we really get a lot of people that come out and offer more help and more things that they want to do. Um, so much so that sometimes we get overwhelmed, but it's um, it's a really cool event that we're really we're extremely proud of, and we feel like it represents and reflects the community so well. Definitely. Well, there are like twenty five more questions that I have, but as we kind of 
run down here on time, I guess. My last big question for you is looking at downtown, what's on the horizon? Um, what are you excited about looking forward? I mean, I don't know if like the port, the, the, uh, the port of Bellingham, um, the waterfront, if that's something that you guys have any involvement in, but if not, just kind of like what else is, is, yeah. is on the horizon for you? We are very excited for the waterfront. That's actually, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think the, the waterfront is going to be part of downtown and we've been working, um, you know, it's really just downtown's footprint is going to expand, um, twofold. I think mm-hmm. people don't realize how big the waterfront is. Yeah. It's basically a whole nother downtown. Yeah. Um, so we're very excited. The granary and everything that's been going on there, Waypoint Park, the fact that they've opened the street up, um, it's all very exciting. Um, and we're, we're really ready, just like everybody else is, for more, more movement to continue there. And so we're continuing to advocate to see more movement happening um, thoughtfully but quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're looking forward and have been kind of welcoming the new granary businesses into the fold as we've um as they've opened there's now um they're working on a sort of pike place market style first floor oh cool um yes i I don't know that the total et on that but it's very exciting it was announced relatively recently there's a yoga studio there there's a coffee shop there um there's a restaurant that's going in it's the granary is going to be its own destination and i think that's really exciting um, is any of that stuff open already? The yoga studio is for sure open, yeah. and I'd have to check on the other spaces. I really want to go down there and just um, introduce myself to every single person that I meet in there because I think the granary is a really exciting mm-hmm. opportunity. Um, and then Waypoint Park, um, the little, just like the little, the fact that you can launch a kayak downtown now is mm-hmm. really exciting for us, and I think it's. I'm excited for some future where someone goes to the boating center in Fairhaven and kayaks all the way past Boulevard Park and through and shows up on the shore there. That's And then gets to go eat lunch at the granary and then gets back in their kayak and goes back. You Mm -hmm. know, I think that's a really cool opportunity um, for connection between us and Fairhaven. But, you know, um, we're really excited about ways that the space down there can get utilized in... Um, exciting new ways Um, but a lot of things are still in the works so nothing that's really ready to Mm -hmm. kind of talk about but Mm -hmm. as it continues to evolve and develop we're very much in the in the middle and inserting ourselves (laughs) into Mm -hmm. the discussion Um, and we have a great relationship with Don Goldberg at the port of Bellingham who um, is an ex officio on our board and he um, is their economic development staff member um, leader and he uh, has really great things in store, I think, for this community, and we're really lucky to be part of the conversation as we as it goes along, and be advocating for what's really important, which is that that space not feel as separate as it currently does. Mm. And so there's been there's going to be more work to continue to make it feel more integrated into mm. the downtown, so it's not just it doesn't feel like there's the other side yeah. of the bridge. That's a good point. Yeah. So there's more of that that's going to be continuing, and we're just really looking forward to that i think for 2020 because that some of that is going to be coming up i think for 2020 we're really excited about the e-scooter pilot that we have been oh, working on what's that? so there's a we're all about finding other ways to get around downtown one of the biggest complaints that people have in downtowns all over is parking and not being able to find parking we think parking should be totally available for the people that need to drive into downtown but one of the ways you alleviate alleviate that pressure isn't just building more parking garages it's 
providing the people who spend time downtown all the time with the capacity to do so um, with other modes of, of transport. Mm-hmm. So for some people, Lyft and Uber was a big part of that. Um, it's one way that you can that you can go to and from downtown. Um, also off, making sure the infrastructure is there for biking, which the city is really committed to with, um, and we've been really in support of. Like um, more bike racks? More bike or racks. Like bike lanes? Bike lanes. All the above? The city just won an award um, uh, through some national planning organization. I wish I could just cite it off the top of my head, but I can't, that, that um, for their, um, their bike lane planning for cool. downtown. Yeah. Cool. Um, so there's been new bike lanes put in on Chestnut. Um, there's going to be more work that's done on Holly in the upcoming years. So the, this other thing that we were really interested in was just doing a pilot for and seeing if it works for us, an e-scooter through Lime. So there's some communities where people have seen the scooters. There's some communities where there's the, you know, the shareable bikes, the shareable scooters, this other kind of shareable bike, this other kind of shareable scooter. We're really just looking at this one e-scooter, um, which is we got to practice and try out as staff recently. What's an e-scooter? It's an electric assist scooter. So it's, oh, okay. So you, it's not like scooter like Vespa. It's like one that you, in order to get the electric assist to work, you have to have a foot on. You have to be like. Pr- pushing it forward to go. Oh, interesting. And then you and then you can use this little tiny pedal to kind of to 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 kick on the electric motor. It um I was able to take it. So you can't take it on sidewalks and you don't nobody likes taking it on trails cuz the shocks aren't amazing. It's not good for like really bumpy. So is it bike lanes? It's bike lanes. Oh, interesting. And also alleys. So it's also oh, good in the alleys. Nice. So another kind of um reason to to for us to be working on the alleys. I took it from our office on Magnolia Street and made it to um, to Fairhaven what? in 10 minutes. What? Yeah. That's cool. And I took the bike lanes the whole way there. Hmm. I never was not, I was never not on a bike lane, which was Did great. Did you feel safe? I felt really safe. I, oh. You know, I had a helmet, of course. Yeah. But I felt really safe. The fastest it goes is 17 miles an hour. Hmm. And you basically have to be like fully throttling it and yeah. going downhill. Yeah. So it felt like, you know, uh, it felt like when I'm pedaling my fastest down a hill on a bike well not even not even that it felt Mm -hmm. like when i'm coasting down a bike down Mm -hmm. a hill on a bike Mm -hmm. so i had a really fun time and then i you know came back and everywhere that i went with it people were like is that coming is that here is that um what are those and where did you get that and how do you like do you like can you fold it up you can't fold it up you don't want it to be too movable it's a little bit heavy so if you like a little substantial because it has that big battery on the bottom of it so if you like scooter to a store mm-hmm. do you leave it outside mm-hmm. and so what you do is you have an app on your phone uh-huh. and there's a qr code on it that you scan to get it going so you can do one of two things if you like if you go to if you go to hagen which is what one of the things i did when i was in Fairhaven, mm-hmm. i left it outside i paused my ride so that means that oh. nobody else can come out and use their if they happen to have a lime bike app from a different city and they try to unpause it they, or they try to, to rent it, it won't it won't work for them. Interesting. It won't unlock for them. So then, but, or if you're done for the time, oh, so you, you can, you can you leave can't it. You can't write it if it's not unlocked. Right, exactly. Oh, interesting. And so then you go, you know, you check it out. You write it to your destination. You can pause it at your destination to make sure it's still going to be there when you get back. But you get charged for that time. Hmm. Just like, you know, a cab waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you uh, can unlock it again. You can unpause the ride. And then once you're done with it, you scan the QR code to, and you take a picture of it. And so, so one of the things that p- people are very concerned about things that they should be concerned about, like them being in the way, 
like the, the, the scooters being left in the middle of a sidewalk. Hmm. Well, one of the things that they do is they give you points for parking it well hmm. so that you can use it towards towards free rides in the future. Oh, that's cool. So you take a picture of it and it's like a good good parking job. People can, can thumbs it up. Um, the app itself kind of assesses whether it's where it's supposed to be. There's also docking stations. They don't... I used um, about 80% of the battery going from Fairhaven and back. Hmm. Um, so a little bit less than that. So you you really do... There will be docking stations and people will want to plug them in. And, and there's that as well. And so um, in some communities, there's sort of these ambassador-type roles that they are people who get paid with points for fixing problems. So they go around and they oh. pull a... Yeah, they pull a, a scooter out of the middle of the sidewalk and points, points, and then so it's it. Um, and some of the it's a concerns, whole system, a whole yeah, thing. They've learned a lot from doing this um, all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some communities where they're ubiquitous and that they're everywhere. And we absolutely want the streets and sidewalks to be accessible. We want there, but we, you know, we also want to make it possible for there to be fewer cars downtown. And this is one way to support that. It's not meant to solve every problem, but I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma recently visiting family and they were, um, they have an e-scooter program, same company, Lime, downtown. And I saw people from all different walks of life, ages, abilities, um, shapes, sizes, using the scooters and having a really good time. And so that was when this was suggested to us. I, I absolutely think that we need to make sure it's the right fit for Bellingham. But I um, was, you know, I was, I was pretty optimistic because I'd seen how well it worked in this, um, in a community that's very car focused. Tulsa is a very car focused community for a lot of reasons. Um, but it worked so well for them and people looked like they were having such a good time. And I saw, you know, like a businessman who was just going to lunch on a, you know, in a full suit and tie, just wanted to zip over to go to get lunch on, on the other side of, of Tulsa's downtown, and mm-hmm. he was on there too, so. I could see people enjoying that. It's yeah. funny, though, as you kind of, like, think about it, you're like, well, Bellingham's that scooter city. <laughs> well, we, we kind Portland, of are already. Portland has bikes. Yeah, we're, but if we're the scooter city. Yeah, and, and people, everybody that, that, there was about five local people who, um, we reached out to to try the bikes out, or try the. There were about five local people we reached out to to try the scooters out, and they had were gushing about how much fun they were having. Cool. Yeah, that's so fun. Well, so if that rolled out, when do you think that would roll out? I think we're we're doing the pilot in 2020, probably in the spring. So it's still not when people start to see them. It's not like this is what's happening now. It's there's going to be a public process for people to to give comment and to try them out and um, and to see and if, see if there's things that need to t- be tweaked. But I think. If it, you know, as we continue to grow in population size and we continue to to have the density issues that a small city like ours is going to have in our downtown, having these other options available um, is going to be helpful. That's fun. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, thank you, Marissa, so much for taking the time today to chat with me. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. I always um, love an opportunity to talk about my favorite neighborhood and my favorite city in the world. So thanks. Thanks for listening to Neighbor to Neighbor, a community-driven conversation highlighting individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ. Hey, it's Keith. Did you know you can take Neighbor to Neighbor anywhere you go? Just look for Neighbor to Neighbor on iTunes or anywhere else you get your podcasts and subscribe. Also, We'd love it if you would leave us a review so more people can enjoy these stories from our community. Thank you.
unless specifically stated otherwise. WeQ does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast, and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement.